So I think what's actually happening here is each week, Aiken is going to remove a piece of this room, and we're going to have to figure out what, what part's missing. Um, on, the, on the conference, we just decided, you know, as everything Evan said, also there will probably be some times of worship, some times of corporate prayer, uh, some breakout sessions, maybe just in like discipleship and like um, how to, we don't know yet, but like how to meet God in scripture, how to, you know, some of the stuff we're talking about this summer, maybe going a little deeper in some of that stuff. So it's going to be a mix of all these things. And one of our, as we're trying to listen to the Lord and pray and think about how he's got us moving, uh, one of the things that's been felt true for us is that this spring has just felt heavy. I mean, we've talked about that. Um, but feel like going into the summer, we just really felt called to strip it down and just let people rest and not, not try to call us into a lot of things together. Um, but, but, you know, meeting up in, in smaller groups, if you want to talk about what it's like, these sort of bite-sized, like being an apprentice of Jesus, and then just gathering here for worship, and then just resting. And that was part of the vision, too, for the conference, is that we would just try to combine a lot of these things instead of having a lot of one-off one-off deals, but um, I think more than anything, I'm just excited about that weekend uh, for all of us just to be together. There's just not a lot of times outside of this time each week for us to like be together and experience the feeling of what is true, that we are this family together. So uh, yeah, if you don't already have plans, uh, please be there. If you do have plans, um, we should have told you earlier, so we're not going to put that on you. Uh, today we are talking about prayer. And uh, as I was thinking this week, we'll, we'll get into our passage here in a second, but uh, you know, we're, this summer we're going through the series Apprenticing the Master, um, talking about what it is to be a disciple is the, the word that's probably closest to disciple for us in our language, modern times, is apprentice. And we think about people apprenticing in a fine art, apprenticing in a trade, but you are you're spending time with the master. You are learning from them. You're not just observing, but you're also following. You're doing in front of them, and they're watching you, and they're helping you grow in these things. And so we really felt like the Lord was inviting us into a summer of just getting back to the basics of what is it to be a disciple of Jesus, and not just what it is so often, which is just information consumption. That's not what it is. That's a piece of it, but that is not the whole thing. And the whole thing is this whole life, this whole body, this whole orientation, this practicing actual practices. And so each week we're kind of breaking down. These first few weeks are, after our intro, these first few weeks are sort of these internal practices of, you know, we talked about meditating on scripture and having conversation with the Lord in scripture. Today we're talking about prayer. Next week's going to be uh, similar. And then we're going to kind of move into the outward practices of how we love our neighbors in different ways. Um, but today we are talking about following Jesus in prayer, apprenticing Jesus in prayer. And in this passage, I think what is the, the overarching theme is just he is leading us in prayer to be like little children, um, to come to our Father who is in heaven, to, to meet him. And so this whole week I've been thinking about Hutch, who's our youngest son, and I'll share some thoughts on that as we get into this. But the way that he is with me, the way that he makes requests of me, the way that he uh, demands attention from me, um, all of these things. And I'm like, you know, this really is 
what Jesus is calling us, is inviting us, is leading us into in the way that he experienced his father when he was on earth, but also the way that we are to experience our father in prayer. Now, last night, um, my grandfather, who was really my first father figure, my parents got divorced when I was three. My mom and I lived with my grandparents until I was eight. Um, he passed away last night. So I started thinking about that and thinking about me as Hutch, you know, with him. And so um, that's also just like a heads up of it may be a lot of grieving up here. We'll just see. But, um, you know, it's, it's being with prayer more than anything is just being with God. It's being with our Father. It's having a conversation with our Daddy. Um, and that's what shapes us. And so I'm going to ask Matthew Johnson to come up and, and read for us. We're in uh, Luke 11, 1 through 13, if you guys want to turn there. And you can kind of stay there. It'll be helpful as we go through this. All right, Luke 11, 1 through 13. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs." And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for inviting us to prayer. Thank you for inviting us to call you Father. Um, Jesus, thank you for the, the work that you've done as our Savior and our, our King and our older brother um, to bring us into this relationship that we were made for. Thank you, Holy Spirit, uh, for being our constant guide and companion. And so, Lord, we, we ask you, triune God, who loves us deeply, who is all-powerful, who has called us to himself, who calls us to worship because it is right, but also because it's really good for us. Lord, would you unlock something in us today um, that has been locked until this point? Lord, would you... Uh, just through your, the power of your spirit, would you open our hearts, our minds, our souls to you in a new way? Um, would you get this word planted deeply in us and that it would come alive? 
that would lead us to a new way of living, that you would deepen our prayer life with you and, uh, and just do whatever you want to do because we don't know. Lord, teach us to pray. Um, you know what we need more than we do. So Lord, we trust you with us and we just tell you that we're open and we, we want you to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so you know, this passage starts with, with literally a, a picture of apprenticeship as this disciple who is with Jesus says, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? And I want to just stop here for a second and say a couple things. One is that he asked Jesus how to pray because he watched Jesus pray. And he watched the rhythm of prayer in Jesus's life, but he also watched Jesus have a beautiful life. Um, he saw something in Jesus and said, I, I want to learn how to pray like you do because of the relationship that I see that you have with the Father, and I want that for me too. Uh, and a cool thing is that he was already praying. He just didn't know it with this request, Lord, Lord teach us to pray. Um, and of course, Jesus begins here um, as an example of, of answering this prayer. And so he just comes in humility, and that's, that's where we have to start is, is in humility. Um, we don't know how to pray. We, we, don't, we don't know anything unless the Lord shows us. And so just coming before Jesus with this posture of humility, Lord, this thing that we are made for, prayer, communion with the Father, communion with the God who made us, the God who dwells with us, would you teach us how to enter into that communion? And so we're, we're going to break this. There's a lot here. Uh, if you know what the other congregations of Midtown are doing this summer, it's a, it's a little different for each of them, but they are all going, they're spending the whole summer talking about prayer. So we're definitely not going to cover everything in one sermon, and they're not going to cover everything in one sermon series. In this passage, there's so much, but um, we're going we're gonna to focus on three things here, and you don't get this from me a lot, so for those of you who like the, the sermon order, enjoy this. First thing, what we pray to our Father Second thing, how we pray to our Father. And third thing, who is this Father that we pray to? So first, these first four verses, what we pray to our Father. Um, everybody has called this the Lord's Prayer, but really it should be called the Disciples' Prayer. Because Jesus is saying, if you're a follower of mine, this is how you should pray. And this prayer is for use in community, because the verbs that he uses here address uh, plural he said, you all should pray like this. Father, we. Father, us. And so, um, again, this is something that is foreign to most of us here. But that's why we stress so much Thursday prayer and times like this, because we are supposed to come to the Father together. This is not just a place where we hang out on Sunday mornings. Like, we are supposed to have a deep life of fellowship together. What exactly does that look like? I don't know. Because honestly, I haven't seen it much. <laughs> but we're trying to figure it out together. And there's, there's limits relationally, dynamics with this size of a group of people. So it's not that we're all going to be each other's best friends, but there's some deep spiritual connection that we all need to have. We're being called into this fellowship together. And so in, you know, Jesus is just addressing, like, this is not a personal prayer only. It's both. But it's m maybe more than personal. It's communal. 
And so he's saying, you know, this is a prayer that we can pray in community. It's right to pray it in community. It's right to pray it individually. It's also right to pray the exact words that Jesus says here, but it's not about the exact words. These aren't magic words, and if you actually read other Gospels, it's not even the same words. It's like this is a truncated version of another version of this prayer. So it's not about the specific words. It's about the themes, because what this prayer is is it is an asking. I mean, if you look at the, the lines of this prayer, it's a, a lot of asks. It's a lot of like giving our needs, bring our needs before our Father. But it's also this uh, deeply orienting conversation. And when you pray this prayer, I mean, when we pray it corporately, sometimes you do just pray right through it. But that's, you know, again, prayer is a conversation. So this is meant to have some space to breathe. These aren't magic words. This is not like saying abracadabra. So you don't just like run through all these words and say amen and we did it. This is a conversation. And so it's to walk through this line, Father, let me just sit in that. Like what does it mean that you are my Father? You know, give us our daily bread each day. What, is, what, is, what do I need today? And then what do I need that I don't even know that I need? So I'm going to leave some space to let you speak to me. It's, a, it's this conversation. It's an orienting conversation. Um, Richard Foster, this guy who wrote this amazing book called Celebration of Disciplines, I think, something like that, he says this, in prayer, real prayer, we begin to think God's thoughts after him, to desire the things that he desires, to love the things that he loves, to will the things that he wills progressively we are taught to see things from his point of view. Again, getting at that orienting process. We are becoming like Jesus. That's what it is to be an apprentice. We're becoming like God. And so we're learning to love the things that he loves, to think about the things that he thinks about, etc. And so if we're just going to look quickly at this prayer, framing up, it's, it's framing up who God is and it's framing up who we are. Father, hallowed be your name. There's the intimacy and the love of a father, but there's also the authority and respect of a father. And that, that phrase, hallowed be thy name, I know we say that all the time in conversation. Um, we don't, I don't know what that means until I looked it up. But um, hallowed be your name is basically remembering who God really is and interacting with him accordingly. Interacting with him as he really is, as the God of the universe. So it's this like, you are my father. So it's this intimacy and also, you are the creator of everything. You are the God of the universe, the, the holy, holy, holy. And, and you are the only one that can be both of those things together. And, and I'm just learning how to walk in the reality, in, in relationship with this God who is both of these things. You are my daddy who loves me deeply, who pays such close attention to me. And you are the holy, holy, holy God of everything, the living God. So that is orienting, and it's comforting. And your kingdom come. We, we want to experience the fullness of what you want, the fullness of your rule experienced, the fullness of your love, the fullness of your goodness, the fullness of your righteousness, the eradication of all evil, the eradication of all poverty and sickness and everything. And we don't know what to pray for. So your kingdom come. Like, whatever you want to see done, just do that. Like, we trust you. Because again, we don't know, but you know. And we want to be watching you and spending time with you and paying attention so that 
I just want to learn more about your kingdom. And I want more of that in me. Your kingdom come in my life. Your kingdom come in this place. Just a little side note for y'all. Um, sometimes when I pray, I, when I preach and I get done preaching, I feel awful about it. And I'm like, I don't even know if that made sense. And you guys might be like, yeah, it didn't. But that is a prayer that I pray often in this space, is when I get done preaching, if I'm in my head and feel like I don't even know what I just said, I'll just pray that. Lord, your kingdom come. Like, come in me. Your kingdom come in the lives of all these brothers and sisters in this body, in this place. I don't know. Who knows how you're going to use what I just said? <laughs> Who knows if you can use? I know you can, but some days it just feels like that. And so it's that prayer of like orienting like, yeah, I have needs and you want to hear them, but like also maybe more than anything, please keep shaping me. Please keep shaping us to like want the right things and to see your goodness in all of its fullness. And then we get into these, these prayers that really emphasize our, our smallness. Give us today our daily bread. Give us what we need each day. And I think it's important that it's, it's give us what we need each day to keep us dependent. You know, a lot of times we are tempted to say that God is not faithful to us because he hasn't already given us what we need for the next five years. But if we're honest and we take a, take a look at things, he's faithful to us because he's given us what we need for each day because we're sitting here. So it's, it's this, this simplicity, like, here's the things I need. Like, he wants to know that. Like, what do you need? Bring that to him. It's this humility. I, I'm not the one who's going to make my life work. Like, I need you to do that. But it's also, it unlocks this gratitude of like, wow, I pray this every day, and you do this every day. Like, you are so kind. And it, it just keeps us in a right relationship. Again, it's orienting. It's, it's keeping us in a right relationship with him. Forgive us our sins, for we forgive those who sin against us. Um, again, that's orienting. We are sinners. We are, we are not holy and good apart from God. We are selfish. The way that we treat other people fluctuates based on what we ate for breakfast and how we're feeling. We, we are in desperate need of his cleansing. We are in desperate need of his transforming our hearts and giving us the ability to love other people more than we love ourselves. And so to sit in that and remember that is healthy. And it's also freeing because we have this record of debts that we keep track of, of the ways that people have wronged us. And he's saying, hey, just let that go. Because I did that with you on, a, on an infinite level. And when you hold on to that stuff, it, it just hurts you more than it hurts other people. Now, this is not the same thing as enabling, okay? Like, boundaries are good and healthy, but that's different from forgiveness and canceling debts. And he's saying, hey, look, just keep canceling people's debts because your debt is canceled. And that's freedom. And that's orienting. And lead us not into temptation, Again, y'all, we are frail. And I believe that sometimes the Lord lets us, whether it's through dreams or experiences, things can be really scary to us. Um, I think it's just healthy sometimes that he finds ways to remind us how frail we are. And y'all, we are in a war for human souls. 
There is an evil one and a force of evil in the world that is seeking to destroy human souls, including yours and mine. And I think sometimes the Lord pulls back the curtain a little bit to let us see, like, man, this is serious, and like, we need to be praying for protection because we are frail and we are so susceptible to temptation. We are so susceptible to, to let the enemy lead us off into the woods to destroy us. We need protection against fear, against hate, against pride, against unbelief, against all the unhealthy desires of the flesh. And so I want to stop here at the end of this section of what we pray and just ask us to reflect, is this the shape of my prayer life? And I'm asking you this not as a guilt, but... um, we are in constant need of renewal. And the answer for this for me was no, it's not right now. And thank God you've led me to this passage and preaching in this series so that you can renew me in remembering that this kind of orienting prayer is, I need this. And to think like if I'm feeling weak and I'm feeling like my prayer life is, is little or it's non-existent, if I reflected on how I prayed, when I prayed, Um, it probably doesn't mirror this. And again, going back to the the basics of discipleship is Jesus is saying, hey, this is how I pray. And so if you follow me and I'm your master, you should also pray like this. You don't have to pray these exact words every time, but like these sort of orienting themes should be a consistent way that you pray. And I do believe that that he will use that to change things in us. Okay, part two, how we pray to the Father. So how we pray matters. It's not just what we pray. Uh, This is not empty religious formality. Again, these are not magic words. And this is not just throwing up a wish. Jesus is making promises in this passage, and he is inviting us to lean into this relationship with our Father. So he tells this story, starting in verse 5, of, you know, hospitality was huge in this culture, And so if someone came to your house, you had to take care of them. You were obligated. And then if someone uh, like this man does in this story, if if he goes and knocks on a neighbor's door and says, I need loaves of bread to feed this person who's come to be my guest, now that person is obligated. So the fact that he came to that person's house at midnight when everyone was already asleep was a huge ask. Huge. Because this person is now obligated. But then Jesus makes the point and says, guess what? This guy who's his friend is not going to get up and give him what he wants because he's his friend. He's going to get up and give him what he wants because he's selfish. Because he's tired and he wants to go back to sleep and he wants this guy to leave him alone. So it's not even the fact that he's a good friend. It's not even the fact that the culture calls for it. It's the fact that he is tired and wants to go back to sleep and, and really doesn't care what happens after he gets this guy off of his front porch. And he's saying... Think about this, y'all. Like, if you are this way, if you are going to answer requests like this, and you are doing it for selfish motives, how much more will the God of the universe, who is your loving Father, who does not get tired, who does not need sleep, who does not run out of resources, isn't he going to do that even more? Like, even you all who are broken and messed up and and have scarcity of resources are going to meet each other's needs like this. Don't you think 
like infinitely more that the Father is going to do that for us? And what he says here is huge. Um, you know, he talks about the, the impudence of this person. Does anyone know what that word means? Wow. Alan? Yes. I did not know what that word meant until I looked it up. Um, persistence. It's this shamelessness, this boldness, this audacity. He will, he will get up and give him what he wants because the guy is relentless. Like, have fun trying to sleep through that. And Jesus is saying, like, take a lesson from this guy. Go to the Father like that. Be bold because he loves you. And he is inviting you. And he's not just inviting you. He is calling you. He is commanding you to pray like this. To pray with the expectation that your prayers change things in the world. It is a lack of sensitivity to what is proper. And Jesus says, you know what? You keep asking. Like the verb form that he uses there for ask, seek, knock is this command that is perpetual. You keep asking, you keep seeking, and you keep knocking because everyone who asks will receive. Everyone who seeks will find. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You don't have to doubt it. It is going to happen. I mean, think about, I think about seeking. Like if you lose something, but you know that it's within a general space, you're like, I, I've lost my phone or whatever, but I haven't left the house today. So I know it's in this house. And I really want to find my phone. That is exactly how he's calling us to pray. I know that you are going to hear me. I know I really want to find my phone. I really want this thing, and I'm coming to you, and I know that there's an answer, because I know it's here somewhere. It's just a matter of time. When am I going to find it? Where am I going to find it? But I know I'm going to find it. And he's saying, you, you need to pray like that, because that is the prayer of faith. And Hebrews tells us, in Hebrews 11, faith is actually believing that God exists and actually taking God at his word, that he is telling the truth. So Jesus is like, look, if you're going to pray, you've you got to believe that he is who he says he is, and you've got to trust him when he makes promises to you. Otherwise, that's not really praying. And he's just, I mean, y'all, don't miss this. Like, Jesus has just made promises. Everyone, everyone who asks like this will receive. Everyone who seeks will find. Everyone who knocks, the door will be open for them. It's like, I was thinking about this week with Hutch, our two-and-a-half-year-old. The way that he asks, he loves mints, and Lee carries mints in her purse, and he is like a little mint raccoon, just <laughs> a purse panda, just digging through Lee's purse, looking for mints when she's not looking. And it's like the, you know, the kind that like the top just opens and he will come up to me and ask me to pick him up, and I'll be in a conversation with somebody, and he will grab my face and keep turning it back, keep turning it back, keep turning it back. I'm like, okay, Hutch, what is it? And he's like, Dad, I can't have a mint. And I'm like, no, not right now, buddy. And then he waits a second, and then it's like he never asked in the first place. And he grabs my face again, Daddy, yes. Can I have a mint? No. And it does not stop. And Jesus is saying, hey, you need to learn from your two-and-a-half-year-old. Like, that's how you should come to the Father. 
Believing prayer changes things. And you know, something that was very telling for me as I began to try to put this into practice this week, as I was preparing for this sermon, and just in my own relationship with the Lord, God was revealing to me, when you pray like this, it awakens your heart. And y'all, my heart was pretty dead. Because when I came in and first thought about this, I didn't even know what to pray for like this. I couldn't think of anything to pray for with that kind of like fervency. The way that Hutch wants mints, I, I didn't really, I couldn't come up with anything that I wanted like that. And that, that's not a good sign, right? We've trained ourselves to just have very low expectations. And I think if we're honest, there's a lot of things that we believe about prayer that are false. And instead of letting Jesus orient us to what is true about prayer, we let our past experiences orient us and, and define what's true about prayer. And he's saying, hey, that's enough. Don't do that. It, it starts to wake our hearts up. It starts to wake our desires up, our excitement, our expectation. Yeah, it was really hard to connect for a while. It, it, took, a, it took a long time. Um, and I needed this to, to bring me some renewal. So that's, that's another question for us in this, how we pray is to just reflect on your prayer life right now and do you pray like this? Do you pray with expectation that like, I know God is listening and I know he will answer and I'm gonna keep my eyes peeled to watch and see what he's gonna do. And then if I don't see any movement, I'm gonna keep asking. I'm gonna bug him and bug him and bug him. And chances are, most of us don't pray like that. And again, like, Lord, please just bring a renewal to us. And so part three, the father that we pray to. Um, again, prayer is this conversation with a triune God. He's the perfect father. He's providing for us in ways we have no idea. He is paying closer attention to our lives than we are, and he knows what we want and what we need better than we do. And in this past, you know, this, uh, these verses here, verses 11 through 13, he, he paints this, I mean, in some ways, kind of pitiful picture. He's like, you know, which of you who is a father or a mother who has a small child who asks you for a meal or a glass of water or something that they need, a Band-Aid for when they're bleeding, who's going to turn around and give them a snake? Like, and Jesus is saying, look, y'all are selfish. Y'all are so jacked up and so selfish. And even you, in your own ways, that's just the thing that you do, is you try your very best to take care of your kids. There's something in you that's like, this is right, and I want to try to love these kids. And he's like, y'all, the perfect heavenly father, don't you think even more than you is going to give good gifts, to know how to give good gifts, be willing to give good gifts to his children? And again, this week I was thinking about Hutch, and the Lord's using Hutch to teach me about prayer this week. It makes me think about him with me, and I think about the ways that I answer his prayers to me, if you will, his requests to me. Very often, um, prayer changes things because I give him what he asks for right there on the spot, and I wouldn't have otherwise. 
Dad, can I do this? Dad, will you take me here? Dad, will you give me this? Yes, that's great. That would not have happened if he didn't come to me. Sometimes it's yes, but not yet. Sometimes it's no, because I love you, and that's actually not good for you. And that's the same thing for us, is as this orienting prayer is shaping us, those requests that are a no, I believe those start to decrease. Because as we are shaped and we are transformed and we are matured, just like we do as humans, the the times that I have to say no to my two-year-old are gonna probably be a lot less than the times I have to say no to when our sons are in their, you know, I don't know about teenagers, probably not, but you know what I'm saying. As they get older, the things that they're gonna desire, Lord willing, are gonna be good and healthy. They're gonna know what's good, what's right, what's true, and they're gonna desire things that line up more than when a two-year-old is asking for ice cream for three meals a day, you know? And that's the same true for us as he is shaping us through prayer. He's changing our wills, again, like we said at the beginning, to become more like him. Sometimes my response to him is, yes, but it's not me that's going to do it, it's you. Daddy, can I have a cup of water? Yes, and you can go get it. You know, translate to us, um, hey, will you give that person what they need? maybe financially, uh, yeah, I will, through you, or through you and some others, because again, we're, we're in this body. Um, Lord, will you bring this person to yourself? Yeah, I will, through you. you. You'll introduce this person to me. But most frequently of all, it's me giving him what he needs and what he wants before he even asks me. And that's true of our Heavenly Father. And what he says here in that regard is um, the very last verse. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We didn't even know we needed that. We didn't even know that's what we should be praying for, but he did. And when he is giving us the Holy Spirit, he is giving us Jesus himself. It is the spirit of Christ who comes to dwell in us. And all of a sudden we realize Jesus is the answer prayer for every single one of these prayer requests in this whole passage. Jesus is the way that God becomes our Father. He is the the way that we are reunited with him, that we are reconciled to God and adopted to become his children. He is the keeping of God's name holy. He is the coming kingdom. He is the revealed will of God. He is our daily bread. He is the forgiveness of our sins, and he is our friend that we come to in the night who will always answer and give us himself, even to death. He is the good gift from the Father that is perpetually given to us, and he is our abundant life and everything that we need. So what I'm going to do now is, if we, do we have the slide? Actually, let's not do the slide yet. Um, what I want to do is spend just a few minutes. I want us to pray for this body, for our prayer life. I want, and what we're going to do is we're going to take just a few minutes, 
And I want us to just kind of group up in threes, fours, fives, just small groups of people. If you are someone who does not know Jesus, if the idea of praying makes you extremely uncomfortable, you do not have to do this, okay? But if, if you call Midtown West your home, um, just do it. Just go for it. And uh, just you can move, feel free to move the chairs around as much as you want and just pray whatever the Lord puts on your heart based on what we've been soaking in just now. Pray for us that we would have a deeper prayer life together, individually, whatever you feel led to pray for in prayer, please do it. And so um, we'll call us back together in just a few minutes. Here, Father, uh, thank, you for, thank you for teaching us how to pray, Lord, a little bit more today. Uh, this is a, a lifelong journey, and so if we have never run before, we're not going to run a marathon today. So, Lord, would you give us encouragement along the way? Give us the support. Give us the faith. Give us the confidence, the humility, the desire that we need to have a prayer life, to have a relationship with you that is the one that we were created for. And Lord, uh, thank you for these brothers and sisters that we do not have to do this alone. Lord, would you teach us to pray individually and would you teach us to pray communally? And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.